0: welcome to the podcast episode 20 this is your host Hike Tadevosian and let's dive straight into the lesson of today's recording uh today's episode I wanted to talk about a chapter from the book uh chapter number six where I break down the seven deadly sins and I talk about rules and before I dive into that rule I want to make a Connection between how these rules are very applicable to what we do on a daily basis, um, and talk about the golden rule. So the golden rule for, for you know for many of us that know what the golden rule is is do to others as what you wish for them to do to you. Now, if there's no if there's no connection between the human laws and God's laws as far as the golden rule, the golden golden rule could be manipulative and be very selfish in a way as but that's what I want as in I'm going 120 miles an hour and I'm endangering people. I shouldn't go to jail. I shouldn't get a reckless driving ticket because I don't care if others drive 120 miles an hour. Well, there's a reason why the rule was implemented because I always talk about look for patterns, follow patterns, create patterns. A lot of these laws and rules are created because there's a certain pattern. People that do something like that, they endanger the public, they cause issues and problems, they kill somebody, well, let's come up with the law, a penalizing law where if there's you know, person breaking the law, there are consequences. So if we don't abide by the rules and laws that were created as a pattern in a society that we created intellectually through a voting system, through a leadership, through, um, through a hierarchy system, well, again, the difference between humans and animals is we can follow rules and we can have a set of principles. Animals go pee whatever they want. They put whatever they want, right? So that's the true biggest difference between a a human and an animal, and a human being that does not abide by a set of rules and principles—they're actually closer to an animal. So, to be less animalistic, follow a good set of rules. Again, I'm not saying agree with all the rules. There are certain, you know, things you should challenge. You should certain things you should push, but in most cases, rules are there for a reason. And I can tell you this: I have friends who have always thought that the system was against them. The government set these rules to suppress, to do all these things against the human humanity, and they've bought the system for years in their 30s and 40s and their 50s, they're struggling, they're in and out of jail, they're in and out of court, they're spending a lot of money on lawyers, they're trying to go around the system where I've been very law abiding compared to an probably an average person. Like I you know, I might, might speed give or take here and there, but I don't get speeding tickets because I'm not always doing it, right? I might instead of 60 go 65, 67, 70 once in a while if I'm in a hurry, right? There are certain things you have to get very good at knowing that if there's rules you're better off being closer to the rule itself than trying to push and think is built to be against you. So, so as a human, to follow those rules, there could be certain things that long-term are definitely for the greater cause and greater good. Immediately, you might want to break the rule because you might disagree as far as how your feelings are built around those rules. So human rules are built because of patterns. Safety, it's for equality, and it's for to make sure the system works. You know, clocking in, clocking out. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to work nine to five. Well, I can tell you this. I got a team that respects nine to five like there's no tomorrow. As a matter of fact, they show up early and leave late. And they're the ones who are making a lot of money, making a good difference. They have job security. And the money that they make by respecting certain rules within the business are using to purchase the lifestyle they want. But again, you still have to follow certain rules to be able to live a balanced, not animalistic life. So those are the, that's the reason I think golden rule has to be wrapped around humans and God's laws. Because if you don't follow human's laws, you can really manipulate the golden rule in your own benefit. Well, I don't care if they do. That's why I did it. No, it has to be respectful to the rules and the laws there are in place to make sure you do things safely, respectfully, and for the greater good of the order. Now, in this chapter, I talk about the God's laws, right? So I break down the seven deadly sins, not to go too into details, but I'll give you guys the sum of chapter six. So here I thought that's very important because... We know about them, right? Pride, envy, anger, laziness, covetousness, gluttony, and lust. But what do they really mean? And if you really connect them, they are the human rules, the good human rules. And as long as you built the golden rule around human's laws, respecting and abiding the human's laws and following God's laws, because God really wants you not to be proud. He doesn't want you to be envious, right? He doesn't want you to be angry. He doesn't want you to to be lazy, doesn't want you to to not to have ever enough, to almost like be okay with what you have in your life, covetousness, and a gluttony, it doesn't want you to be lustful, that's what breaks relationships. So let me give you a little bit of thought behind each of these, and as you dive into the book, you can read a little bit more, but I thought this is a good sneak peek to this chapter to give you guys a little bit more about the golden rule itself, as far as wrapping it around man's and God's rules, because as long as you don't go against Man's and God's rules. Golden rule will play in your favor. Will play in your favor. So let's start with the for, with the first one. So pride. Now, is there a reason why pride comes first? I don't know. I haven't read anything or heard anything that there's a specific order. But I can tell you, I believe it's the reason why it was addressed first in the Bible. Why? Because imagine if you're trying to put down important lessons. Again, look for patterns. Follow patterns. Create patterns. You're going to try to address the first pattern first. And if pride's cause happens to be the causing or leading factor in a lot of issues in people's lives and in their work environment, in their personal life, in their marriage. I think pride is actually the reason why it's first because it destroys everything. Like it connects to everything else. When you're proud, you, you're you not driven by the right morals. You're in many ways, like you're fear-driven and fear causes, you know, it, it creates self-doubt. And every time you are you know, feeling so self-entitled because you're afraid to give. You forget to forgive. You're too proud to forgive the person you should be forgiving, right? You're too proud to put yourself below them. And it's a it's a message from Jesus that talks about the lower you carry yourself, the higher you'll be uplifted in life. And the higher you carry yourself, the lower you'll be pushed down. Essentially, humble yourself or life will humble you. Humble yourself or God will humble you. So when you're proud and you're beating your chest and you're above others, life will find a way to get you down way below where you could have been. So in reality, you know, when Jesus washed people's feet, right? Think about a good leader. They put pride aside and and it's a common trait amongst good leaders that you should admire and look up to and want to be like. They're not too proud. They're proud of their accomplishments. They're proud of their values. They're proud of their families. They're proud of their health, but they're not proud as in they're gonna always try to be better than you as far as the Comparison as far as the they won't forgive you, right? It takes lack of pride to be forgiving, and one of the most important things, and I've talked about this before. I think the purpose of life is forgiveness, because in reality, one day we're going to face God or an angel or whoever's at the gates of heaven, and they're going to give us a long laundry list of all the things we've done that are. um, It's like you've done all these bad things, so we're not going to allow you to get into the gates of heaven. Well, please forgive me. Like I'm not perfect. Yeah, you are perfect, but you're asking for forgiveness. But did you forgive? Because if you forgave, then okay, we got it. So put your pride aside and do. It. I think forgiveness is a big piece of purpose in this on this earth. If you forgive, but it's hard because pride blocks it. It's like this, this barrier, right? So that's first one. Second one, envy, which is like the jealousy, right? The parasite. That the more jealous you are, the more envious you are. The more the parasite grows within you, and it it causes blindness, and you cannot. Be grateful for what you have. You become ungrateful and jealous of what you don't, and you condition your mind to continuously seek for the answer as far as what is happiness and life in the circular room around the corner, which doesn't exist. For you and there's always going to be something that's you don't have or someone that has something that you don't, and you're just constantly comparing, contrasting, thinking you're not good enough. But in reality, to realize your best self, is you need to be true with your best self. And the best as far as enabling the most capable version of a human being is being the best of you can be. And this is something I tell my team a lot whenever I hire a newbie. I'm like, you're going to be kind of envious, kind of jealous because you don't know the system. You don't know the coworkers around you. You don't know the people around you. You don't sound like them. You don't act like them. But eventually, it's going to be a point where you bring your own flavor. And that's when we're going to focus on your strengths and manage your weaknesses. Because when your strength comes down, you bring that flavor to the team. Then all of a sudden they're looking at you. For first they made fun of you because you were, you know, halfway bald like me. Oh, bald! And I'm just making a, a joke out of this. Now it's like, oh, maybe I should shave my head because that's how the newbie, like the newbie, is killing it, right? So in many relationships too, when couples look like they're doing really well, it's because they're maximizing what's within, what's internal, not comparing, contrasting. Well, that couple bought that car. Let's go get in debt and buy that car. That couple, you know, bought those clothes. Let's get in debt and buy, buy those clothes but reality conditions never come before the mindset. So all the things that we try to compare ourselves to, that's a condition, but that's a result of somebody's mindset. So become the person, read those books, do those lessons, You know, f- figure out the arguments and then and, and overcome the objections. Do a good job of handling issues within marriage or business or et cetera. So you can realize your potential and other people become envious of that, but that's not your problem. Your problem is you're becoming envious. So talking about be the change that you want to see, part of the golden rule, is you need to make sure that you are focusing on the mindset piece, on yourself, on your faith, and your religion, and all those good things, and the, the cars, and the clothes, and everything else will follow. And if somebody does compare and contrast, well, you can teach them a lesson about envy. I have a lot written about uh, that that one. Anger. Well, here's one. Anger is a bad one, right? Anger. Anger is the stupidest thing there is. If you think about anger, right? So when you get angry, what happens? Let's look at the biological level of anger. <clears throat> we have a thing called fight or flight mechanism. Adrenal glands, what they do, whenever we are in a situation we get emotional, isn't angry. Our adrenal glands are, are pumping adrenaline throughout our body and it's preparing us for a fight or flight. Like human beings have this very old mechanism, right? The fight or flight mechanism, which prepares us f- to fight or to run away. Because there's a danger coming, right? And our brain, you can't really tell your brain what to do. Our brain gathers information. So when it sees danger like a tiger chasing you or somebody says something that frustrates you, pisses you off, or puts fear into you, adrenal glands fire up on all cylinders. Blood rushes from our brain into our major group of muscles, quads, hamstrings, glutes, uh, pecs, and arms away from the brain. And we start saying things that's on our mind. As in like we are saying what we're thinking. We're not thinking before we say things. And the problem happens with anger, we vomit things that we shouldn't. And often anger becomes the personality trait that we carry with ourselves because it just compounds over and over and over. And we start saying things that we don't mean. We start making decisions we shouldn't because we're just so angerful. And knowing the fact that our brain just needs to figure out there's no danger, there's no anger, just take a deep breath, right? So So sometimes when you just can slow down, and when they say smell the roses, right? Take a deep breath, breathe in through your nose for three seconds, hold it, breathe out through your mouth for three seconds, hold it for three seconds. Box breathe. Now you're telling your brain, no, uh, no danger, no anger. Blood goes back to your brain, and you might make better decisions because you might be one decision away: is buying the wrong house, buying the wrong car, committing to the wrong person, saying the wrong things to the right person, saying the wrong things to the wrong person due to this emotional feeling that can lead you and put you on the path of failure, you won't notice it right away. You said what you wanted to say, you did what you needed to do, well 5 years down the road, that anger moment destroyed your life. Four, laziness. Um, wow, I can talk about this forever. Um laziness is a it's something I preach on a lot because everything I have in my life that I'm not proud of has been a result of laziness as in I've been looking for shortcuts. I I'm looking to run the marathon the easy way, wasn't proud. I'm looking to build the business the easy way, failed. I'm looking to make this relationship work the easy way, failed, right? So if you think about, it's like God had this, as a joke, as in like this, this messed up sense of humor for us, hey, I'm going to give you all this abundance, all this greatness in life, but you got to make sure you work your butt off. It's like, that's easy to understand, but it's really hard to do because very few people can go hundred days in a row of grinding it out, but if you think about it, day and a week and a month does nothing, right? So you're lazy to expect good results and brushing your teeth and having the cavity go away in two weeks. You're lazy to think that for two weeks you can work on your relationship and fix the issue or build one or build a business. So it takes the opposite of laziness to make all the good things in life work. Work, health, relationships, family. If you run any of those with any laziness, you're gonna have lazy results. So that's a big piece, right? Do not be lazy. Um, next one, covetousness. You know, the unhealthy competitive syndrome, is in like wanting something that belongs to somebody else, somebody else's spouse, somebody else's property, right? So in many ways it connects to jealousy, but this unhealthy competitive spirit that kills the harmony within you is what I wrote in this chapter. There will always be someone that has something that you don't, whether it's a shiny toy, physical feature, or even a personality trait. Many of us are, you know, many of us have, you know, things that money can't buy and efforts can't achieve and studying cannot develop. So so if you think about it, you're just constantly comparing and contrasting, what does this do as far as your greatest gift? Throwing it out the door. Your greatest gift is you, not your spouse or your kids. I'm sorry to say that. Not your business. It's you. Because there's a reason why. They'd say on the airplane, when the oxygen mask comes down, you do not put the oxygen mask on your spouse or your kids or your neighbors. You do it on yourself because if you can properly save yourself with the right person that's in the right physical health and condition can save half the plane. But if you save one or two, you run out of oxygen, and then all of a sudden you're out, there's not much you can do. So there's certain selfishness about being able to take care of yourself. But again, your greatest gift is you how physically capable how mentally capable how well can you solve problems how resilient are you so again when you start living other the joneses life you roan the greatest gift you have which is yourself uh, gluttony gluttony i i can tell you this impacted my life as money got better for me right you go you go from having a big hole in your heart to now financially things are great you can't complain and you start thinking like more and more and more the nicer car the nicer home and my, my brother reminded me of a good, good saying from the Bible. The Bible says, you know, do not listen to your heart. And it's very true because the devil can be very deceiving. It's, he's the most deceiving and the best liar there is, as in he can use this specific sin, gluttony, to steer you in the wrong direction, tell you, but your heart told you this. Like, no, don't listen to your heart. You know, sometimes your heart will get you into committing to the wrong person that was sent to you by Satan committing to the wrong business that might destroy your family, committing to the wrong house purchase that you shouldn't have, right? Because your heart made you feel happy, right? So often those those, those addictive thoughts, the, the dopamine, the adrenaline, the, all that stuff that makes you feel happy, right? It's not that good for you. Your heart doesn't give you good answers, which is why you got to go back and think about it. Am I making this decision based on emotion? Because if you're just emotionally making decisions, that's going to be painful. That's why your heart can be a very tricky thing to listen to. That's why we fall on our faces often by listening to it. And you know, there's a saying that never make any commitments when you're happy, and never make any decisions when you're angry. What's well, funny? Happiness kind of connects to this as well. You know, you get good place in life, and you just keep wanting more and more and more. And you condition yourself to think nothing's ever good enough. Well, what happens when you're successful and you let money get you everything you ever want, all the food? all the restaurants, all the dessert, all the steaks, well, the result is you get fat and out of shape. You get punished. What happens when you think your spouse is not good enough? Well, you get punished. The human laws put system together where divorce takes everything away from you, right? So gluttony can destroy things because, yeah, money can get you everything you want as far as wants. Very true, but does it give you everything you need? In reality, sometimes you wanna step back and say, just because I can doesn't mean I should. So think about that for a second. Just because you can buy, you shouldn't. Live below your means. Be humble, right? Be gr- grateful for what you have. And I've gotten to a phase in my life where a house is not good enough, car is not good enough. And 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 sometimes God just smacks me in the back of the head, teaches me a lesson. I get a reminder. and I'm not perfect. I'm a human, but I read these things and it's good reminders for me. Um, And then... Lust. Let's talk about lust for a second. So in Armenia, um, there is a um, there is a term we call shananal Shenanal Shenal translates to being dog-like, being animal-like. Because uh, with lust, it's very easy, right? It's all again, going back to gluttony, like things become not good enough for you. Well, what if something becomes not good enough for you as far as your partner, right? You start being lustful. And there's also people who don't have a partner. Well, I don't know, I'm not married but you're so lustful that you can't commit. Now you're like, okay, I'm, my eyes are all over the place, but you're undisciplined, right? When you flirt with multiple businesses and you shouldn't, you should be focusing on your team. you flirt with multiple people, you should be focusing on your spouse or focusing on finding that special one. I mean, there there has to be a reason why, unless you have a family and you're married and kids, you, can be, you can't be the president of the United States because there's a sense of stability. You take that away from a human being, they become unstable. I mean, how many friends do we have that are all over the place? Seems like they're having a fun life, but they're not fulfilled because they're lustful. They want to experience everyone and everything. They can't experience loyalty. And I can tell you this, and there's a, a, a survey I, I reference, in this one talks about a company, Eon, that conducted a research and asked over 2000 people about, you know, what is the number one thing they look for in a partner, you know, and I can tell you this, there's one common trait that came from every single person, they could talk about looks here and there, but loyalty. Everybody wants a partner that's loyal. So if you're built to be in pairs, like again, we are built to be in pairs. You cannot mate without a pair. Okay, that's how it works. Up, down, left, right, sunset, sunrise. Like husband, wife, we are built to be in pairs. You take a pair away, you cannot procreate. You cannot fulfill the whole purpose of hum- humanity. And if you think about, it, you take the loyalty piece away because lust is what breaks it apart and teaches you the habits of not being able to be okay with something quality long-term it all falls apart, right? So again, there's more details. There's, you know, stories in here. I have even some photos and pictures, but um, once you get into this chapter, I think it really gives you a better perspective on the golden rule, because like I said, you can manipulate the golden rule in your favor if you are not wrapping them around man's and God's laws. If you want to keep it simple, go around the seven deadly sins and and really think about what the human laws mean. Why are they there? Why are they keeping you safe? And why are you keep they keeping you out of trouble? Because good luck trying to implement any of this stuff when you're in jail. So that being said, happy 2024, everyone, to an amazing year. Until next time. Cheers.